Hello everyone, this is Station Manager Matt, and you're listening to Bible Thump. Now normally, Drew Dixon is bringing a message, and he will be back next week to continue his series on our identity and purpose. This week, however, I'm filling in, and I've got a message for you that you might really need to hear. This year has brought us a lot of things to be afraid of. We have COVID-19, rising tensions, racism, riots, and the most contentious and divided election in our lifetime. Fear is having a great year at our expense. But God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. He reminds us of that over and over in the Bible. Over 189 times the phrase fear not appears in the Bible. He means it. But I suppose one of the most common fears we struggle with is the fear of the unknown. What's going to happen next? It's that unknown lab report that tends to drive fear into our lives. Once the unknown becomes known, however, that fear begins to fizzle. Let me give you a a recent example from my own life. All of my life I've been dealing with food addiction. It's been something that, it was the first addiction that I learned, and it's been the hardest one for me to get a hold of. And it made it even more difficult that throughout my life, whenever I went to the doctor, got physicals, anything like that, I would always get the same result. Well, you're overweight, but other than that, you're fine. Cholesterol's fine, blood sugar's fine, all that. Everything's good. And so that almost drilled into my mind what I'm doing is okay and that the consequences will never catch up with me. But in the recent years, I had let myself balloon up to 439 pounds. My eating was out of control. And we had a physical coming up for my, uh, my wife's work, uh, our, life, our health insurance, sorry. And uh, I just, I had this nagging fear in the back of my mind. This time it was going to be different. And I knew this was coming up months in advance. So for months in advance, I was just sitting here worried. I didn't make any changes. I didn't do anything differently. I just worried and actually allowed that fear to drive me deeper into my food addiction. And then I finally went to the doctor, finally heard the doctor say, you have diabetes. And hearing this news was sort of freeing. No longer did I have the worry of what is going to happen. What are the results? Now I knew now something was firmly in place. And that was a little bit easier for me to place in God's hands than just my, you know, wafting sense of what's next. And it allowed me to get a game plan. And as a result of that, I've seen God bless my efforts in a way that I've never been able to see before. In my whole life, in the last few months, I have lost 95 pounds. And my goal is still more than 100 pounds away from that. But those are amazing results that I can only attribute to relying on God for the strength in the face of fear. So what about the rest of 2020? There are so many unknowns. Is the stock market going to stabilize again? Will the political divide in this country grow even more polarizing? What about my health? Will I avoid the virus that's plaguing the world? Will the economy crash? Will I still have my job next year, next month, tomorrow? 
If we elect a new president, what impact will that have nationally and locally? We don't know what this year is going to bring. Years ago, there were some men who were on a leaky old ship in the middle of a rough and stormy sea. They were actually fearful for their lives. They didn't know whether they were going to sink or not. So one of them went in to see the captain and asked him if they were safe. He said, well, I'll put it this way. The boilers on this ship are very weak and may explode at any moment. Also, the ship is very old and she's taken on water. And to be very honest with you, we may have an explosion or we may sink. Then he caught his breath and said, Men, we may go up or we may go down, but at any rate, we are going on. And that's the way we are as we face this season together. Jesus may come, we may go up, we may die and go down and then go up, but at any rate, we are going on. And as we face a year of uncertainties, those unknowns that tend to rob us of peace, we should strive to be able to say, along with the psalmist in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Now that's what we find God talking about here in Isaiah 43, as we learn some things today about the fear of uncertainty. I'm going to read to you Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. It says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Now, twice in these five verses, God says to us, fear not. Now, not all fear is bad. Some kinds of fear are good, like when you're walking through the tall grass in the outskirts of town and are keeping an eye out for snakes. It's the fear of being bit by a snake that keeps your ears open and walking lightly. Or when you cross a busy street, it's the fear of getting run over that causes you to look both ways before crossing the street. Or when there's a bear chasing you in the woods. It's fear of getting attacked and mauled to death that allows you to run faster than ever before, even though I'm sorry, you're not going to outrun that bear. (sighs) It's even the fear of this virus that has caused us to really focus on good hygiene habits and to be conscious of how we interact in hopes of quelling this virus. So there is such a thing as healthy fear. But that's not the kind of fear God's talking about here, and much of the time in Scripture. For just as there is healthy fear, there is unhealthy, unholy, unhelpful fear. And it's that kind of fear we're talking about today. So what does God have to say to us today about the fear of uncertainty? Well, beginning here in verse 1, we find God say, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. 
So who's he saying this to? Whom does God say to fear not? To those he has redeemed, to those he has purchased. When it comes to facing the uncertainties of this year, all of the unknowns, financial loss, job loss, health issues, and more, here's what God says to us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. What a promise. What a savior. As we face the uncertainties of life, we don't have to fear, and here's why. Because God has redeemed us. A couple of beggars stood at a gate of a mansion one night, hesitating to enter because of the growling watchdog. One of them said, go on in, there's nothing to be afraid of. The dog is barking, but he's also wagging his tail. And his friend replied, yeah, but I don't know which end to believe. Well, you can believe God when he says to the redeemed facing uncertainties, fear not. Isn't it wonderful to be known by God? Especially when you're not sure what's coming next. And listen to what God tells us back in Isaiah 41, 13. He says, for I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. I know that sometimes we get to thinking as we go through times of uncertainty that we're somehow holding on to God. I got news for you. You're not holding on to him. He's holding on to you. Like a parent holding the hand of their child to cross the parking lot. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. Hey folks, when it's the Lord God holding on to you, you don't need to fear. And look again at whom God is holding on to in verse 1. It says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now that raises the question, have you been redeemed? What does it mean to be redeemed? Who are among the redeemed? Because whoever they are, fear no longer has to paralyze their potential, nor hinder their happiness. Well, the word redeemed means to release something, to deliver somebody, to buy something back. When God says, I have redeemed you, he is saying that through the blood sacrifice of his son, Jesus, on the cross 2,000 years ago, that he purchased you, he bought you in order to release you from the bondage and burden of sin. Now, if you don't mind, hallelujah, what a savior. Hey, folks, remember... The moment Jesus steps into your life, from that moment on, you belong to him. You are his purchased possession. And here's what that means for you when it comes to fear. The fear of the future is the waste of the present. That is, if you've been redeemed. Put this down somewhere. Fear flees where redemption reigns. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. The opposite of fear is trust. Times of uncertainty are times of trusting, not fearing, when you belong to him. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Fear and trust are extremes. They are opposites. You cannot be fearful while you are trusting, nor can you be trusting when you're fearful. When fear moves in, trust moves out. When trust moves in, fear moves out. Here's what fear says to God. I'm not sure that I can trust you with this situation. I'm not sure that you will come through this time. This unknown circumstance may be too difficult for you, God, to handle. And if today you find yourself dealing with the unknown, just as Gabriel told Mary in Luke 1.37, with God, 
nothing will be impossible. And that's a correct way to use this verse. When you look at the mountain of fear you've built up and think, this is impossible for me to climb and conquer, well, you're right. But if you instead hand those fears over to God, he makes the impossible possible. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now, he doesn't stop there. We continue in verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Did you notice he didn't say if you pass through the waters, but rather when you pass through the waters. Now, I live in New Mexico, so there's not a whole lot of water around here. So you might be asking, what water am I talking about? I don't know. You tell me. What waters are there in your life that has you swimming for your life? That has you stretching to keep your head above the water? Those waters. Well, God says here that whether our flood is ankle deep, knee deep, or neck deep, that we can know that the floods of life no longer have dominion over our lives. Verse 2, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Again, he doesn't say if you walk through the fire. He says when. See, just as the floods will come, so will the fires. There is no escaping them, not in this life. Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Do you remember what those three Hebrew boys said to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 3, verse 17? They said, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. King Nebuchadnezzar said, Yeah, we'll see about that. He then tossed them into the flames and afterwards looked into the furnace and declared in verse 25, Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now let's stop there and examine that for a second. Who was the fourth being in the furnace? Was it an angel? Or was it actually Jesus before being born on earth? I've heard both. And in studying this, there's a good case to be made for either conclusion. But in the end, theologians and commentators are still divided on who this fourth in the furnace was. But whether it was the Lord or an angel of the Lord, let me tell you something about that furnace. God was there waiting for those three Hebrew boys. He was already watching, already waiting to act. And just as he was there waiting for them to see them through it, he is waiting for you too. He is already there before you ever get there. And when you belong to him, fears over the unknown no longer have dominion over your life. And don't you love what verse 3 says? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What a Savior he is. Here's what the first three verses tell me. Those whom God redeems, he releases from all fear. So here's the second wonderful truth when it comes to the fear of uncertainty. Fear not, for I am with you. Verse 5 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.13 again, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. 
Not only is God's protection promised for those he redeems, but God's presence is provided for those he redeems. Do you remember those three Hebrew boys we just talked about? God didn't take them out of the fire. Rather, he took them by the hand and led them through the fire. They were more safe in the fire with him than they were out of the fire without him. And so are you. There's just something about the presence of God that calms our fears. Do you remember what happened to Adam and Eve after they sinned against God? Their sin separated them from God, just as our sin separates us from God. And what did they do? Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. What separated Adam and Eve from the presence of God? Their sin. Now, they were separated from the presence of God. No wonder they were afraid. When are we going to learn that there is no solution to our fears outside of a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ? Years ago, there was another ship caught in a severe storm. Everyone on board the ship was filled with fear. A sailor on board had his son with him. Someone noticed how calm the young boy was while everyone around him was in a panic. So they walked over to the boy and asked, Son, how can you be so calm in this storm? Aren't you afraid of what might happen? The boy looked the man in the eyes and as calm and as confident as a young boy can be, he said, Sir... I'm not afraid of what might happen. I've just been on the deck, and I know we're going to be just fine because my dad is at the wheel right now. When your father is at the wheel, no matter how severe the storm or how high the waves, you can know we're going to be just fine. We may go up, we may go down, but either way, with God, we're going on. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yes, fear not, especially in times of uncertainty. When you don't know what's going to happen next. A boat that we're all in right now. When you don't know what's right around the next corner, trust God, and here's why. Fear not, for he has redeemed you. Fear not, for he is with you. That is my message for you today on Bible Thump. Thank you for letting me fill in for Drew this week. As I said, he'll be back next Sunday, continuing his series on our identity and purpose. So make sure you don't miss it. And of course, remember, because we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.